Welcome to My Creative Corner 3, a podcast about quilting, creativity, crafting, and life in my northern town. Come back weekly and we'll chat about all the things that I'm working on. My name is Vicki Holloway and welcome to the podcast. Welcome back, everyone. I hope your week was absolutely wonderful. Mine has been nice, relaxing, and just slow stitching on all the things. Well, today, I think I'm going to venture out this afternoon and go to a pirate festival. Yeah, they have a Highland Games at this pirate festival, and my husband's judging. Um, The first time he's judged a whole game, and it's part of his rehabilitating his injured knee. Uh, The doctor feels that he can start working out, so he is, and it's feeling good, but not worked out enough recently to safely compete. So I'm trying to figure out in my mind, what is an exclusive lake that has a lot of fancy boats and yachts on it, pirates, and Highland Games? How does that go together for a pirate festival? Well, I'm going to find out. Now I'm going to share some pictures with you. I'll watch on my Instagram uh, because I think it could be absolutely wonderful or it could be like the weirdest thing I've ever attended. We'll find out. That's what taking a risk is all about, right? So this week I have been working on several things. I shared a block that I did uh, the In the Shade that Kristen Esser did with the Moda Bake Shop. It is in their Moda Bake Shop Summer Series. Um, That's really a cute block and the whole series is super cute. I just haven't had time to join in on the quilt along, but I loved Kristen's block so much. She asked me to test it and I thought it's really nice. In fact, I could see this particular block being made into an entire quilt. It would have a lot of movement and it would be really uh, pretty contemporary and yet you could incorporate some um, traditional elements in it with that pinwheel. I finished something. I finished, well, almost. I have to bind it. I did the starling quilt. I remember that was the quilt that was a free pattern from Fat Quarter Shop and that was an oversized one block mini quilt. It's about I don't know, 55, 60 inches square. And it's based on the Circle of Swallows star. And um, it's this one is oversized, so each piece could be pieced. I'm going to try this again maybe with English paper piecing on a small scale. But it turned out great. I used very contemporary fabrics. In fact, it's uh, Krista, Krista Watson's Modern Marks. And I love putting traditional quilting on contemporary quilts. So I did an all over feather design in a light gray. Now what I like is that that gray popped on this navy blue grunge background, but yet it didn't detract too much from the stars. So one of the tips that I learned from Angela Walters is, is if you have high contrast thread and dense quilting in your background, then your blocks will pop forward. And I think it looks that way. It was an experiment and I think it turned out well. I used a patterned, gray patterned chevron or zigzag on the fabric on the back. And you can still see the feathers, but I like to 
more to blend in versus using a solid, which sometimes makes me feel real self-conscious about every wibble and wobble on the, uh, the quilting. It's all free motion, people. No computers. So every once in a while, you know, I, mean, I take a step across or I sneeze or something and things wobble a little bit. And if it's just a little, I'm not going to stop and tear it out. So that's uh, something I did. I also took another risk. I recorded a YouTube video as a companion to this podcast. And you can see the Starling quilt. You can see it up close on the feathers. And I did decide to add a stem to each feather more, you know, like a feather would have to give it more definition. And you can hear about... Um, some of the tips and see all the blocks that I've been working on. Now, what else have I been working on? Yeah, I did. I did some blocks. I'm up to the third kinship sampler. Yeah, third. They're on block number 40 because they're doing 100 blocks in 100 days. And I've decided that I could do that, but I'm really working hard on this raffia weave quilt for the quilt shop as a sample. And I'm making only the rectangle squares, uh, rectangle squares, the rectangle quilt blocks. There we go, of the kinship quilt. And I'm going to play around with the design. And if I really want to keep working on it over the winter, I'll work on the um, kinship sample squares. It's a mix of square and rectangle blocks. So I think that will be super fun. And I also finished up a couple of customer quilts and I uh, put another one on. I love it because it's all super bright. Now this one I'm going to do swirls in the middle and I think feathers in the outer border. That hence me practicing feathers on my starling little quilt. And overall, I'm just plugging away, you know, kind of doing the block a day, you know, at least one on the raffia weave quilt, which has brought me over halfway. There's 72 and I think I'm about 40-ish on the blocks because it's a one block quilt with no borders, which I like. However, it does kind of get a little boring, doesn't it? It's all strips, 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 paper piece it, make sure it's all in the right order for your color placement and hope and pray I'm keeping it in order in my finished pile so that I can sew it together properly. That's the part I'm worried about it being more of a challenge, but I think it's going to work out. Um, okay, I'm talking myself into it. It's going to work out. I'm going to be positive about it. <laughs> I'm concerned because it's got that um, linen that everyone's using. It's, you know, woven fabric, you know, that you can see all of the and a kind of a linen look it's a little bit stretchier and it's a little bit thicker it's exactly what was used in the pattern but i you know i have my anxiety about it so i'm just gonna have to take it one step at a time and i will cross that bridge when i get to it as my grandmother has always said i've continued to work on my hexagons i hand pieced um one week of high temperatures is what each hexagon represents in my weather and it's a temperature quilt and so I'm just gonna keep plugging away at that it's a long slow stitching project and I've started to also prep some of the gem shaped English paper pieces and you put the two um, thin ends of a gem it's like a you know a diamond gem shape 
G-E-M. And when you do that, you, you make a heart. And so I started, I found an old charm pack in the, when I was organizing and cleaning a closet, it's, it's probably over a decade old. And I thought it would be really cute to use this as a test of the gems and make a heart little mini quilt or appliques or something. I don't know what I'm doing with English paper piecing yet, but I figured the best way to learn is to watch a couple videos and actually do it. So I am going to work on prepping these and see what it's like with this charm pack as the basis for um, the hearts. And it's an American Jane and it's called Happy Camper. So I'm going to use the little mini prints throughout this. It has a few cute plaids and stuff that I thought would look really, really cute. I'm so in love with English paper piecing, y'all. Y'all, did you hear me say that? Um, that I'm, I'm kind of bored with using um, some of my rotary cutter stuff. I may do a lot more English paper piecing as time comes. Because what's super fun about it is I could use the Cricut easily to cut the shapes out. And um, I have figured out how to use the Cricut, if you remember last time. And I haven't made any more progress on cutting out blocks from for the new beginning sampler quilt but that's going to be like another long-term project because I just want to maximize the use of the Cricut I'm having so much fun with it so the lesson for August on that project is painting we're going to use a stencil and then she says in using stencils to do a tree and in Bob Ross fashion we're going to paint um, the leaves on it and and I bought sponges and you know what I love Bob Ross and I thought what's the worst thing can happen I'll have ten dollars worth of things that I purchased at Hobby Lobby that I'll throw away but it's no I won't I'll just repaint over it and keep practicing until I get it to look right it's the beauty about paint and fabric right you don't wreck it after one one go of using it so I've been um, excited about that and shopping for that. Other than that, uh, you know, that's that's what I've been working on. And you can see all of these projects, like I said, on my YouTube video, which I will connect in show notes. And if you go to YouTube and watch the video, you'll see the links to all of the things that I talked about up till now. And uh, that will help me to have a more streamlined show notes because show notes are kind of difficult to write sometimes and I really I'm kind of not enjoying making very detailed and long show notes so all of those things that I just talked about you can find links to them on the YouTube video which will be in the show notes so something else that I have been working with a whole lot, I'm going to talk about some products that I've been working with. And yes, they these products have sponsored me. Um, the products that I'm absolutely loving is So Tights. Now there will be a link in the show notes for this. So Tights. They are magnets. They are strong magnets. You can use them instead of pinning your pieces together there you know I would think that if you're going to use it as a sewing machine you could use it for foundation paper piecing and stuff that would be a great application but I like it best for English paper piecing because the magnets are strong enough to hold the two layers of fabric and the two layers of cardstock that I'm using to hold the hexagons together I think it's a great invention 
You can use it also to put, you know, like rows of fabric, you know, blocks together and you want, you don't necessarily want to pin them. You can use the magnets to hold them. Tons and tons of applications for using these to hold two things together, but especially in quilting. And I could see using it um, maybe even in knitting for stitch marking, you know, where my row, I'm, I'm crocheting in the round right now and I'm using a safety pin and it's really annoying and getting in my way. But I think that using the magnets to start, show the start and stop of my rows where I need to change colors, it would work great there too. Sew tights, I will put a link in the description, but sewtights.com is uh, where you can go and purchase them. And I'm gonna, you can, I think you can get them on several different quilt shops um, online too, like the Fat Quarter Shop. But sew tights are many shapes, so you can get them in circles, rectangles, longer rectangles. I want to just say, you remember, just you you can also use them as needle keepers. That's another beautiful thing. They're so magnetic. You could put the um, the magnet on the top layer and the magnet on the bottom layer and one side is colored and covered with plastic and you could put your needle on there and not lose it. Remember though, these are magnets, keep them away from children and pets because if they're, they're strong magnets, you don't want them to swallow it. And I just, I don't think that it really would matter too much, but be, I'd be careful where you put your electronics by it because I'm not sure, I'm always worried about magnets and computers and phones. So just, just use them wisely and in the application for which they were intended. The other thing that I've been working on is a couple projects and it's going to come out in September with Sulky. Sulky has free patterns and they showcase um, some of their products. And I paper pieced a pattern that's going to be showcased in September on their website and I will announce that when it when it hits the airwaves but they sent me some cotton and steel thread to use and oh my goodness it's fine you could use it for English paper piecing and hand sewing I used it for machine sewing and I used it for quilting on my domestic machine I also used their papers to print out foundation paper piecing and it's called paper Solvy, S-O-L-V-Y. This product, you can easily tear it off the back, but if you have bits that are still stuck to the back, you can dissolve it with water. So I thought, ah, oh, this is a great product. You could use it for all kinds of applications, needlework, and I used it for foundation paper piecing. So watch this space for, for more information when the pattern releases and I can link to it. And I'm really proud of this product that I made and it's a little project and I think it's just so perfect for the fall. And I have been just chilling out in the garden. We're starting to wrap it up a bit for summer here. The plants are, it's unusual uh, how some of them grew because it was so cold and rainy up until July, but things are starting to fill out. But my flax is short and some of my perennial sunflowers are short this year. So it's fun is that all the garden is all about the same height this year instead of having short and tall plants that are in the back but it's full it's blooming I have my white 
It's a flax that's in the back, and even though it's short, it's pretty stunning because it's white. It has some purple bee balm and um, salvia blooming. I just really enjoy the pinks that are still coming on from my uh, perennial geranium, and all of the sedum is starting to bloom. So the little sedum is bloomed, but the big sedum, which is all pinks, are getting ready to bloom and it's going to be lovely. I am getting ready for fall and um, yeah, my neighbor's maple tree, all the tips are turning yellow orange already. It's been in the 70s this week, dropping down into the 50s. We've had a couple 40s already. And my other neighbor has a burning bush, which is starting to turn red, which is the indication that, yep, school's going to be starting soon. Labor Day is coming. My days of hot summer are wrapping up. And, you know, we'll probably get warm days still in the fall. But I am just just going outside and sitting there and listening to the birds and enjoying the patio. I've enjoyed it much more this summer because we've had a little bit cooler temperatures and the neighbors aren't smoking outside all over, which has always been another problem about going outside and sitting on the patio. And uh, I don't cook out there and we don't eat out there. It's just, you know, I take my little lawn chair out on, um, it's a patio made out of a limestone that my husband put and then the fairy gardens are all around it so I get to see all the fairies and their little homes and the cute little little plants and the miniature plants and the butterflies are flying through and bees and I have a bug hotel that I bought at Aldi a couple summers ago and it's still holding up and I can see spider webs and all kinds of bugs coming in and out. I have seen lots of birds and I'm just hoping that it just continues to be its own little ecosystem back there and more and more wildlife will find its way. Yeah and even my neighbor's cat I found her sneaking around back there. She's so funny. Um, I don't have any mice because she kind of patrols the yard every once in a while. She was very camouflaged and hiding in my coreopsis which is still blooming and she likes to pretend that she's hunting some of the birds. I've never seen her catch one. And um, it was just so cute that she was hiding back there. I haven't seen any rabbits in a couple years, probably because of cats. But we haven't had any skunks either. So that's a good thing. But she patrols the yard and I don't mind her coming through. Yeah, she probably poops in the garden once in a while. But so far she hasn't ruined any plants. And she's keeping some of the nuisance critters out of the ground like ground squirrels and voles um so I enjoy watching her she I just happened to catch her um sitting in the middle of my plant and I'm like hmm I wonder why these plants are dying and squishing in the middle maybe there's something wrong maybe I have to dig them all out yeah it's because the cat's hiding in there pretending that she's a great hunter she's adorable but I don't have any pets right now because I just don't have time to take care of them. So I'll come back with the second half and I will let you know how the Pirate Festival went. And while I've been doing my Saturday morning coffee blog post, which I'd encourage you to go and read and give me some feedback on it, um, my computer decided to do some updates. So I had sourdough 
starter in my fridge for several months that I have not fed and I revived it. And while I've been recording the podcast and then I wrote the blog post and then I'm going to go to this uh, festival where the Highland Games is, I am making bread maker bread, sourdough bread. And I know I've talked about this a time or two already, but I'm just smelling it. I think it might be working and I'll give you a full report when I come back from the festival about the bread and what I thought about how pirates, yachts, and Highlanders, how that went. So I will talk to you soon. So I'm back from the pirate festival It is in Boyne City, Michigan, and it was a small town festival, and it was a lot of fun. Um, They had a little car show with some of my favorite things, rat rods and some old ones and some hot rods. I got a little video of the festival itself that I will share in the show notes. Um, What also was nice is they had like a higher end flea market and sale not a lot of crafts but some crafted things saw pyrex dishes and all kinds of lawn ornaments and sculptures and I didn't buy anything but it was a lot of fun to look and my husband was judging the highland games and he was doing a great job he seemed to be um, doing okay standing and walking and bending and all the things that a judge has to do so I Hung around for a while and what was great about it being close to home is I left, came home to my bread maker. Now one loaf of bread just was set at zero so it it mixed it and let it rise, didn't bake. The other one baked in the bread maker and it didn't quite cook it all the way through. And I took a little bite, gave my tongue a zing from the sourdough not being quite done, and that went right in the trash. But the one that was mixed up and did a lot of rising and proofed, I went ahead and threw it in the oven. And hopefully there's a chance that some of this might actually work and save my hands from a lot of kneading. In the meantime, I'm looking for the potential of buying a Dutch oven for a no-knead bread. So the second loaf looks done and I checked the temperature and I'm going to let it cook a little longer, but it didn't rise a huge amount like it would be if you hand kneaded it and let it do its thing for a hundred times, but I think it's going to work. So that was pretty exciting. So the pirate festival was great. It was fun. Heard a lot of arg and some people dressed up as pirates. The bread experiment was, hey, you know, I think I can keep tweaking this and make it work and I'm going to keep feeding the sourdough and maybe I can find a way to make it work because it's supposed to be healthier for you than eating um, whole wheat bread or even white bread. So that's my goal. The other part is I'm looking forward to baking a little bit and trying to get some fun, healthy recipes going. If you have any good ones let me know i'm kind of stuck on um, good healthy recipes for either instant pot or for baking so the last bit of excitement is i was telling you that i'd been working on a project with sulky and i didn't expect it to be published until september so as soon as i shut off the first part of the podcast and went to the pirate festival one of the 
people who belong to my Facebook group, my Creative Corner 3, posted that my mug rug po was posted. Yeah, did I say posted enough? It was posted. I'm so excited. You just don't even know how excited I am. And it is a little fall inspired mug rug. And it's perfect for today because fall is in the air. The leaves are changing a little bit. It's cooling off. Um, I found some red leaves blown off the trees at the festival. I even took pictures. So check out my little video on the show notes. I am so excited. So Sulky has a blog and it is a, the free pattern is listed with as well as a tutorial on how to sew the mug rug together. And I am beyond thrilled about this project. I'm just so excited. So I sent them five mug rugs and four were in a collection with my Tula Pink uh, Zuma solids. And one was a print that's a real cute red print. And that one they liked the best because that was, I think, because that one had a couple different pictures. I free motion quilted the leaves on it, but you could also draw the leaves out using the Sulky Paper Solvi product. And they do a nice job of telling you how to do that on the tutorial. There was a little bit of a glitch at first, but the glitch has been fixed. I'm going to start telling everyone in the universe about my pattern for a mug rug was put on Sulky. And the link will be in the show notes for that as well. Now it's super fun is that you can make four of them in different colors to do different apples. You know, red apples, yellow apples, green apples. I did purple apple, fantasy apples, you know, Cinderella, Snow White. They all had apples um, that were in their stories. Cinderella didn't. It was Snow White and Sleeping Beauty. Get your story straight, Vicki. I'm just so excited. I can't think, right? Um, maybe a golden apple. You know, I really thought that you could let your imagination run wild. But what's super fun about the whole thing is that the apple isn't a full view of the apple in the mug rug. It's about 75 to 80% of the apple and I thought it gave it a really fun modern look without being too out there for some people. It is foundation paper pieced and I don't think it was that hard. The hardest little part is the segment where you do the stem and I think you can do it. Um, some of my beginning students, I had one test the pattern and she did very well with it. And I'm convinced that anyone who wants to learn how to do foundation paper piecing could learn with this little mug rug. So check it out and let me know how you made your rug, mug rug. The rug sounded weird. How did you make your apple? What colors did you choose? If you make one, let me know. I would love to chat about it and feature it on Instagram or Facebook. Maybe both. Maybe I can figure out how to do both. So anyway, that was my Saturday, a day full of excitement, adventure, and a new things. So the title of this podcast I've decided is Apples, Pirates, and Sourdough, or Fall is Definitely in the Air. So everyone have a most wonderful week, and we will chat again next week. Quilt on, everyone.